Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 2nd show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local market. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in the studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, Rosemary West with Avenue Properties, Luxury Real Estate, Real Estate Current and Forecast for 2018. So very excited to hear uh, what's going on in the real estate market. Also, uh, Leslie McFadden with Real Living Northwest Rural Tours. Don't miss the critical points when selling your house is the conversation I'll have with Leslie today. And last guest in studio, Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, the benefits of having an independent insurance agent. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information on any topics or topics that you'd like to hear on future shows, please feel free to call the show at one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And as always, let's start out the show today with a little money chat. Money. Money. House Republican leaders in their tax bill called the Tax Cuts and Job Act. Here's how the new tax bill is currently proposed and suspected to impact your taxes. Now, these are just ideas being kicked around in Congress, but you know, until it's a done deal, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, common question is the effective date. Most likely, it will not be until 2018 taxes. So, yes, I think we're good for 2017 if some of these things uh, you are not favorable to. So, proposed tax rates. The bill proposes for four tax rates, not three, as been anticipated. So 12%, 25%, 35%, and 39.6, which will be the index of for inflation. Uh, 12%, zero to 45,000 for individuals, 90,000 for married taxpayers, 25%, 45,000, $1, up to 200,000 for individuals, and 260, 260,000 for married taxpayers. 35% tax bracket, 200,000, $1, up to 500,000 for individuals, and a million for married taxpayers. Taxpayers. And then the highest tax bracket, $39.6, $500,001, plus for individuals, $1 million for married taxpayers. Now, we currently have seven tax brackets, 10, 15, 25, 28, 33, 35, and 39.6%. So that would be the difference. Now, standard deduction. Standard deduction would uh, double to 12000 for individuals, 18300 for head of household, and 24400 for married couples. Additional standard deduction and personal exemptions, those would be consolidated into the larger standard deduction and will disappear. Now, what about selling your home and the tax benefit? Depending on how long you plan on staying, the two of five rule that excluded up to 250000 500000 for married taxpayers in capital gains from the sale of your home would change to 
of 58. That means that you must have owned and resided in the house for at least five years and the last eight years in order to qualify for the exclusion. Additionally, the rule would limit the use of exclusion to one sale every five years instead of the one sale every two years. Now, what about the state and local income tax deductions? This would be gone. The proposal would eliminate the state and local income tax deduction. Now, what about mortgage interest rate deduction? This is my arena and for the arena of the real estate professionals that I have here. I thought it was going to be a little bit worse than what it was. So the current mortgage mortgages could be grandfathered in. So not so bad there. The question would be, how would that affect the inventory with people that are current tax deduction, interest write-off deduction where they're currently at, which is a maximum of a million? Are they going to be excited to sell their home? So that would be the question there and how that's going to affect our inventory. Um, Meaning that they would be affected for the mortgages, um, uh, houses in the new would be capped at 500,000. So what it looks like might happen if the if this passes is there still be an interest deduction, but it'll be capped at five hundred thousand instead of the current being capped at a million. Uh, property tax deduction it should remain in place, but capped at ten thousand under the proposal. This was originally stated at the elimination, but back after the Republicans of high tax states uh, made some noise and voted against the budget proposal. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, charitable donation deduction because this is my first thing. What are charitable donations going to go away? What are going to happen to all of our nonprofit organizations? And I'm uh, really passionate about the homeless nonprofit. Well, nothing's going to change there. It would remain in place, is what they're saying. So there'll also be a bonus. The mile rate for charity will uh, finally be indexed if for inflation. It's been 14 cents per mile since Clinton era. Uh, Other deductions, gone. The deductions for medical expenses have been eliminated as for the deductions of student loan interest, tax preparation expenses, moving expenses, unreversed employee expenses, and alimony. Done. Uh, What about child tax credit? The child tax credit would increase to $1,600 per child under 17 with an additional $300 credit for each parent as part of the consolidation family tax credit. The credit is currently at $1,000 and is refundable. What about adoption tax credit? This would disappear. Other credits that disappear, including the lifetime learning credit, work opportunity credit, and the employer-provided child care credit would be gone. Earned income tax credit, EITC, this would remain. 401k plan, what about that? There would be no changes to the tax brackets, breaks for the retirement accounts, including 401k and IRAs. Uh, Do you still have to pay Obama individual mandate? You would. It would still be in play. There are no uh, specific health care related tax moves beyond yanking the medical extension expenses deductions in the bill. Uh, Alternative minimum tax AMT. The AMT would be eliminated under the proposal. The AMT is secondary tax put in place for from the 1960s to prevent the wealthy from artificially reducing their tax bill through the use of tax preference items. Uh, What about small business tax relief? It depends on the nature of the business. Under the proposal, businesses conducted on sole proprietor, partnerships, and and S-corps would be taxed at the rate of 25%. However, businesses that offer professional services like doctors, lawyers, accountants, designers, and consultants would qualify for the reduced rate. Other business owners can choose to categorize 70% of their income as wages and pay the individual tax rate, and 30% as the business income, taxable at 25%, or fix the ratio of wage income to business income based on a capital investment. So some options there. What about corporate tax relief? Corporations do not pass through their income pay tax on profits at the corporate level. The bill lowers the corporate tax to 20%. 
Um, Minishal Corporation, some companies like Apple um, and stockpiling assets overseeing and bringing the funds over to the U.S. would be taxable. The bill would impose one-time tax on 12% accumulated offshore earnings. Uh, and then federal estate tax, the exemption amount with a double to $11 million per person. Currently, the federal uh, estate is imposed on estates which exceed $5.4 million or nearly $11 million per couple. The federal estate tax will completely disappear after 2024. The setup and basis will remain in place. So again, these are just ideas being kicked around in Congress, but we'll have to wait and see. I, You know, really the idea behind this... Um, you're going to feel good about some of it, not feel good about some of it. But the idea behind it and the why is, is to really strengthen our economy. So if that does get accomplished, it is all a good thing. If not, I'll have to bring that up on another Money Chat. So coming up next in the Money Hour, what is real estate in the current and forecast for 2018? Rosemary West with Avenue Properties, luxury real estate right here in 1150 AMKKNW after the short break. need diversity in your investment portfolio? Real estate can be a very solid investment and Seattle is one of the strongest real estate markets in the country. The secret to making wise decisions is having a proven real estate investment expert by your side. Holly Furin of City Closers Real Estate is no ordinary real estate broker. She has more than two decades of real estate experience with sales and property management. She can help you navigate the booming Seattle real estate market to find golden properties, houses, or condos that are best suited to lease as a yearly residence or vacation rental. Whether you want a short-term investment or one that generates income for years, Holly Furin can help you find the best property and negotiate the purchase. Then she'll market your home to prospective renters and screen tenant applications. By standing between you and the tenant, emotion is removed from the equation. You're not looking for a new best friend. You're looking for someone who will pay rent on time, maintain the property, and be a respectful neighbor. During her 25 years as a property manager, Holly Furin has never evicted one of her pre-screened renters. Her tenant's rent checks have never gone more than 30 days past due. A good real estate investment provides monthly cash income while steadily building equity that you can cash in when you sell or use as a home equity line of credit. During your free consultation with City Closers Real Estate, Holly will discuss your immediate needs and long-term goals. She will deliver a comprehensive real estate investment plan custom-tailored to work for you. I'm Holly Farron with City Closers Real Estate. If you're interested in investing in Seattle area real estate, please call me today at 206-766-8400. That's 206-766-8400. Sign up for my newsletter at hollyfearin.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the December 2nd show. I am committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area regarding your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what the show is all about and what you'll receive from listening today. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or just go online to themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, Rosemary West with Avenue Properties Luxury Real Estate, and today Today we're going to be discussing real estate 
in the current environment and forecast for 2018. Rosemary, thank you so much for coming back into studio. Always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. And a little bit about Rosemary. Uh, Rosemary West has over 20 years experience in the local real estate market. She attributes her success to her extensive marketing and sales experience, advertising and public relations that have formed the foundation of her large local network. And really excited, Rosemary, to hear uh, your take on what's happening today in the real estate market and what's coming up for 2018. Uh, Always exciting stuff to look forward to, always some things to be a little nervous about. So we'll kind of talk about all of that today. So what are you predicting? for, I know it's a broad question, what are you predicting for the real estate market in 2018? We read a lot of, in the real estate uh, industry, we read uh, one of the the big brochures that, that seems to, and articles that seem to affect us, um, is Inman Connect. We read a lot of those particular reports. There's an emerging trends in real estate report that favors Seattle, the Emerald City, mm-hmm. uh, ranked it number one. It moved on from number four. A lot of it's attributed, of course, to the technology industry, uh, plays the leading role, the educated workforce, the abundance of capital that we have in the area. Where they forecast the projection to be of growth and significance is in all property types, including commercial, industrial, and residential and apartment buildings. Uh, land development, of course, is still an issue that we don't have a whole lot of land to deal with. So builders, developers, anything that comes up, th- there's multiple offers for, mm-hmm. and there's, there's, there's very rarity of it. Single-family housing is going to see probably the most significant, and condominiums, the most significant growth. Okay, so let's go into that. So with the current inventory shortages that we're having with single-family homes and condos, um, what do you think is going to happen with that, Rosemary? Depending on what happens with our tax situation, that's going to affect a lot. When we talk about the $500,000 limit, that makes a difference in our area. And the possible grandfathered in for the million. That would actually right? help because most of our properties oh. are over a million in our area. Okay. So okay. if we have a lot of people that have, let's say, but a million dollar But they would go from a cap loan, of a million now down to a cap of 500000 Correct. Yes. Which would make a difference. Okay. What are we going to see happen with yeah. the inventory in that respect? We don't know yet. We don't yeah. know how many people are going to decide, okay, we have to. And, of course, with, with the lack of, of deductions in some areas and how it will affect them, yep. we, we, that's a lot we don't know about yet. Yeah. So um, take that off the table. What are other things that you think are going to affect uh, the inventory, uh, help or not, for 2018? Well, we have about a thousand people coming in weekly into yeah. the King County area, crazy the Seattle metro area, and most of those people are educated, coming in to work for Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, Expedia, Microsoft. We have so much going on with growth of industry right now mm-hmm. and technology. Amazon is doing incredible research and development, and they have a new warehouse uh, that is a hundred thousand square feet dealing with organically grown vegetables and fruits and mm-hmm. hopefully be able to de- to de- deliver that within an hour of your calling for those products. Wow. Giving the grocery stores in our local industries a run for their their yeah. money. Well, we were just talking about that before we came into studio today about, you know, not even ringing up your groceries. Amazon's got their grocery store. You just head out and it figures out what you owe. I mean, it's just craziness. And yeah. that is, that's a factor. 
our world is changing and evolving so mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. Our technology is, is, is going to be the leader in what and dictates what of will happen with our industry. Yeah, it makes sense. So, Rosemary, what about the uh, home and property values increase year over year? This year we saw home, prop, home values in the Seattle area go up about 11.7% year mm-hmm. over year. And the inventory has been down 23.6%. Wow. Oh, year over year. And then you look at the rental situation, and there's some articles that have mentioned that rents have actually um, become a little bit more larger in inventory. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, they've gone up 6% in the Seattle metro area this year over year. Okay. So you're still looking at it being uh, advantageous to purchase a home, purchase mm-hmm. a condominium, yep. and at least to try to harness those expenses, monthly expenses, just to live. Yes, I, I told. I, regardless of you know what happens with the interest credit, I'm, I'm a homeowner believer, and um, you know, so that's a whole nother show. Um, what about uh, buyers right now with the holidays going on and everything? Is it a great option? Is it a good time for buyers to come into the market? It actually is a great time because mm-hmm. you have a lot of people that are taking a little bit of a break yes. because of the holidays yep. and family coming into town or leaving town. Yes. It is a perfect time if you're in a serious buyer to go out and try to pick up a, a property, a condo mm-hmm. that maybe usually there's like three or four, yes. 10 offers on that 20. property. <laughs> now it's the time <laughs> three, to four, go ten, and see 20, if you can yes. pick up a bargain. The yeah. other thing is it's really important to find a real estate agent that knows the market. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is, yes, you can scour the red, you know, the Redfin uh, apps and the Zillow apps and all the apps that are out there and realtor.com. But bottom line is with a real estate agent at your fingertips, uh-huh. they can help guide you on what may be a good bargain, what's been out on the market for a long period yes. of time, what may be coming up that it's not apparent on an app. Yes. So there, it is really important to seek out if this is you're serious about buying at this time, it's important to seek out and find someone that's experienced. And, it's critically and important. Forward. I mean, that's what the show is all about. It's about uh, finding the best of the best experts in all areas. Regardless of what happens with technology, you have to have that expert that understands everything that's happening. So, so important. Um, also, you know, right now, um, uh, Rosemary, somebody's listing their home on the holidays. They're pretty desperate to sell, right? So, I mean, it's you've got that balance of it's going to be less inventory, but you're not going to have the competition. Plus, the sellers that are selling, they need to sell. You know, so it seems like whether or not you find the home that you want, then it's not a good time. But get out there and look. And if you do find it, it's the best time. It could be the best time, right? True. Yeah. True. And we still have, as I mentioned, if you're looking in Bellevue, for example, there's only 12 condominiums even to choose yeah. from. Jeez. If you're, and that's in the West Bellevue communities. And it's up to $5 million to kind of give you an idea of what's going on there. Homes in West Bellevue communities, um, we have one that's listed at $28 million. It's a Fabulous piece of property. It's a, uh-huh. it's a large piece of property on Overlake. I would hope so. At twenty five million, it's a it's a <laughs> twenty eight million. Oh, twenty eight million. million. Oh my, <laughs> it's a bargain. What's an extra three million? <laughs> <laughs> but there are only fifty nine homes in West Bellevue communities to choose from, yeah. wow. which makes it still very tight if you want to come into the market. Yeah, but there are other areas to to look at as well that are an easy commute. Um, East Bellevue communities, South mm-hmm. Bellevue communities, mm-hmm. they have a more inventory to consider. Redmond. Newcastle. I live in Newcastle. I mean, you're not that far from Bellevue. It's a great, you know, and we've got some homes um, for sale in our uh, in our cul-de-sac. 
Um, so let's move on to the Seattle Bellevue Metro um, emerging trends in real estate. What's happening there? Well, they consider us the number one spot for growth mm-hmm. and the hottest real estate market in the nation. We have been considered for forecast of growth, um, the positive outlook. It, it's just going to continue to grow with all the new building, construction, mm-hmm. jobs coming into the area. It's just a massive amount of growth in a very small area. Yeah, Our traffic patterns have become more intense, and mm-hmm. the new mayor of Seattle has indicated that for the next four years, it's going to be even more painful. Right. So they're trying to encourage mass transit, yep. which means there's going to be more of a concentration in certain areas to be able to commute to Got work. It. If they work in downtown Seattle or downtown Bellevue okay. or Redmond. Okay. So what else are we in store for in the housing market uh, for this next year? Well, we a lot of it has to do with, as you well know, the interest rates, what's going to yeah. inventory. Every year um, we say the same buying, thing. They got to go up. But every year nothing happens. <laughs> buying <laughs> so, power, of uh-huh. course, uh, depending on whether people are, uh, they're increasing their their salaries or they're getting okay. raises mm-hmm. um are they moving in for more uh minimum wage type of jobs or uh-huh. are they moving in more for technology jobs that's going to make all the difference got it and we don't know for certain what's going to happen but the forecast in all the uh economists are saying Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to be a stronger year. Yep, yep. So uh, business growth. What are you seeing for business growth in the east side and Seattle area? Well, Microsoft just announced Tuesday that they are going to increase um, 18 new buildings. Well, they're going to build 18 new buildings and tear down 12 of their current buildings in their east campus. It's going to be called Microsoft Redmond Campus of the Future. It will create about 2,500 jobs for construction purposes. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a pedestrian-friendly cycle, walkability, restaurants, shops. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be a city within a city. And they're going to develop both on the east side and the west side of 520. And the new rail system. So they the just Link stay. System. They just stay right there in their in their little area, and they've got everything in their neighborhood. And they're going to. They, they've taken on a pro, the, the commitment to actually invest more into our Redmond area. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlike, for example, where you have Amazon looking at a headquarters somewhere else, they are actually focusing and growing the headquarters in Redmond. Yeah. Isn't it interesting just to, you know, to really be able to to look into the future and see all of the trends and things that are going to change? I mean, we can look vast and back in our past and see how much changes and things that you would never imagine, you know, would happen. And so um, it's kind of exciting. I mean, we're on a journey every year. You don't know what's going to happen, but um, we've got a lot of exciting things. Also, there'll be some things that'll bring some challenges. So, uh, you know, what what can we uh, make out of that? Wrapping up my time uh, with you, Rosemary, what would be your call to action for uh, my buyers out there uh, listening today? Well, definitely give us a call. Yes. This is the That's time. That's a great to call to action. Let's, let's um, start looking for properties if you're interested yes. in moving. Uh, if you're interested in listing your property, give us a call as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to place that property on the market, especially uh-huh. right now. I'm a full-time agent, so I would love to work for you during the holidays. I'm here. I'm yes. not taking a holiday. And uh, certainly would love to help any way I may in 
the next move and next chapter of someone's life. Wonderful. Well, Rosemary, thank you so much for coming back in studio. It's always a pleasure to have you here. And yeah, you can call the show uh, to get connected with Rosemary if you'd like to, 1-855-411-50 or go online to themoneyhour.com. So thank you, Rosemary. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, coming up next on The Money Hour, don't miss the critical points when selling your house. I have Leslie McFadden with Real Living Northwest World Tours right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Do you have a message or mission that you want to share with the world, but you just don't know how to get it on a global scale? If so, podcasting could be the perfect solution for you. Podcasting can help you easily establish yourself as an expert in your field, gain access to leaders in your industry that can help you to scale your business, develop a deep and loyal relationship with your ideal clients, share your message with the world with just the push of a button and attract quality leads into your business. Debbie Ade created the podcast on Purpose Online Academy to help you go from show idea to syndicated podcasts in as little as six short weeks. Debbie's podcast on Purpose Online Academy walks you through every step of the process from choosing your title, format, and artwork all the way through to syndication on all major podcasting platforms. If you're looking to create your own global delivery system for your most important messaging with your most loyal listeners and potential clients, podcasting is for you. To learn more about how you can create your own syndicated podcast around your brand and message, visit podcastonpurpose.com. It is your time to podcast on purpose. Hi, this is Debbie Adea, and I would love to support you with your soul-based business and helping you get your message out into the world. If you'd like to work with me, I'd love to work with you. Go ahead and contact me at deviadea.com. You can find me there. Or if you're interested in creating a podcast specifically, go to podcastonpurpose.com. And as always, I would love to share my week with you at spiritualentrepreneur.com. It's your time to podcast on purpose. Do you feel like you are overpaying for your insurance? Not sure if your coverages will protect you in the event of an accident? Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance helps families like yours find the right insurance coverage at the best possible price. Mason has helped hundreds save money on their insurance needs while offering a superior level of service. Hi, this is Mason with Pacific Northwest Insurance. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-828-7877 or reach me online at pnorthwest.com. Again, that's 425-828-7877 or online at pnorthwest.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, December 2nd show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information and market trends in our conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or go online at themoneyhour.com. And my next guest in studio, Leslie McFadden with Real Living Northwest Real Tours. Don't miss the critical points when selling your house. And first time having you in studio, Leslie. Yes, thank you so thank much you for, for joining me. me. Yeah. And a little bit about Leslie. Uh, Leslie is an Austin, Texas native where she attended <laughs> Texas State University and served as a logistics specialist in the U.S. Army based at Fort Hood. After her military service, she spent 
spent nine years in corporate interior design and sales, fields where excelling in customer service is an absolute top priority. Leslie become a, became a realtor in 2005. She has built her success on the principles she learned from her experiences, then grew in the foundation of service servicing clients and referrals. Along with her husband, Kevin, she recently managed a real estate team of five in Columbus, Ohio, one of the fastest growing real estate markets in the Midwest. In 2016, so fortunate that Leslie and Kevin made their decision to expand their business by entering the greater Seattle market. By recruiting a partner to handle their Ohio client base, uh, they have been able to capitalize in both geographics. Today, they live in Bothell and truly enjoying the North, Sh- North Shore communities to the fullest. And again, I'm just excited to have you le- here, Leslie. And it's really exciting to uh, see everything behind the scenes that you've been able to do here in your local market, just only being here for a short period of time. And it just really is a testament of when you're successful, you're successful and you bring uh, your expertise and your service in any market that you're in. So, and I'm excited to talk about uh, sellers and what's happening um, uh, in really maximizing your opportunity as a seller. So, Leslie, how important is it to a seller to strategize in the market? And I know a lot of sellers feel that maybe I can just stick the sign and not hire a real estate expert. What would be your, your answer to that? Well, absolutely. I think anything in your life that affects your investments needs a strategic plan. Um, there are still a few individuals out there that think that maybe a realtor is not necessary, but most have realized that we're worth every penny. Um, I personally am in the trenches of this volatile market every single day, mm-hmm. and um, the advice that I give people absolutely reflects that. And when you take a new listing, Leslie, how do you determine the best way to actually market that property? Well, the first thing I do is I like to dive in and just see what that immediate neighborhood is doing. Um, we have so many tools as realtors that we can do so much research and, and really kind of get a, a good grasp on what that market is doing and what it's providing as far as comps and um, pricing and things. Uh, but the other thing that I like to do is I like to try to guess who would actually buy that house and how they would like to be marketed to. Um, I think that that is key in, in marketing that product correctly. And, you know, that, that is really interesting. And then that's why it's so important not only to have an, uh, an expert on your or have a real estate professional on your side, but have an expert real estate professional on your side, because um, I've actually never heard somebody say that before, which makes total sense is you really need to go out and you need to figure out what buyers are, are going to be buying this particular property in this area. So if you're selling a horse farm, you want to go find those buyers and cater to that person there. But well, you, and that you know, buyer and, also likes to be marketed to differently. Yeah, so. makes makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it makes total sense. So uh, Leslie, what different levels of strategy do you pay attention to when you're pricing a property? So preliminarily, there's about three. So obviously, the first one is pricing strategy. Um, You'll see in the market if you've been shopping for a house long that some people underprice Uh on purpose to make people bid it up just to make sure that that buyer is telling that seller how much that they think that house is worth. Okay. Um, some other markets say that you should just list it at list price and what that market is determining the fair market value. Um, and then in other markets, it, there's some frame of thought that maybe you should overprice it. Um, and I think a lot of sellers are making that mistake in the wrong yeah. markets because they're they're not greedy, but they feel like we're in this strong seller's market and that they could get away with it. Um, and then they end up sitting on the market, which is what Rosemary was talking about earlier. Yeah. So um, that's my first strategy. Uh, the second one would be 
how do I merchandise this product? So I know that this is someone's home that they're living in, mm -hmm. and there's a huge difference between selling your home and living in your home. So I look at it as a product, and how do I maximize my client's investment? So merchandising is key. So kind of what I was talking about earlier, trying to determine who's buying that house okay. and how do I find that person goes into merchandising and staging, obviously. Um, and then the last one is kind of just reaching our audience. Kevin and I have spent a lot of time brainstorming on different unique ways to get to people uh -huh. using social media, video, things like that. Um, so those are the three strategies that I kind of start off with. And I know the the pricing can be really um, uh, confusing for somebody that doesn't understand and putting together, like you said, that strategy and why it's so important because it's not always going to be the same. It depends on what's happening in the market and, um, you know, really having that expertise again behind you to mm -hmm. do that. So, Leslie, why is it um, uh, why is it so important with who's going to be buying the house? Well, and like I kind of mentioned before, by determining the demographic that's going mm -hmm. to buy your house, you can market to them effectively. And then in turn, that gets that person to buy your house for the most money and maximize your investment. Because you're getting multiple offers for people. You're grabbing all Correct. those people that are going to be most The more people like, you can put in that yes. pool, the better. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really believe in playing buyers against each other. I think uh -huh. that you should compliment someone for wanting to pay list, over list price on your house. But at the same time... Um, that's why a buyer's agent is so important because yeah. they are they are currently or I'm sorry um, every day they are actively trying to figure out what tactic they can use when presenting their buyer's offer like I've had people present offers in person yes I've had people you know have these escalation clauses that are just very intricate in how they work and how you can use them and how that buyer can you know tell you as a seller how much money they would like to pay for your house but they want to prove they want you to prove that you have another buyer. So yes. there's all sorts of different tactics floating around there. So it's just crucial to have a good realtor that can field through that. It is. And I love seeing you guys because um, uh, I only work with the best of the best. That's who, that's who <laughs> is here in the studio right now. But I love compliment. to see you guys. Well, you, you guys know it. I mean, your your numbers and um, show that. Um, but you, I'd love to see you guys just change your hats. I mean, because it's a completely different hat you're going to wear when you represent a seller versus representing a buyer. Right. And so much strategy, complete opposite and different strategies on both sides. So it's really fun to uh, to, to watch and be behind the scenes on, on that for me as a mortgage professional. So, uh, Leslie... Um, Go into a little bit more about staging and the importance um, of staging or not. Well, I think that you, it, it definitely is something that every listing needs to pay attention to mm -hmm. because it's a merchandising of your product. Um, do I think that there are some markets that maybe don't need it? It depends on what that neighborhood's been telling you. Okay. Um, for instance, this last spring um, when I jumped into the market, it was kind of crazy. But I still think that there are some vacant houses out there that, they could have probably gotten more if they were staged. But you always run into sellers who maybe don't have that money to spend up front. Mm -hmm. or, um, so there is some frame of thought to leaving it vacant with just really nice finishes. But okay. I do think that if you're going to stage, you're definitely going to get that money back if you yes. have the money to invest. Um, so my short answer would be yes. If you're, um, if you're selling, you should probably have a good reason to uh, to not stage. <laughs> well, it's like anything else when you're sitting down and really putting a plan together for your seller, you've got to take into consideration the resources that they have or they don't have. Oh, absolutely. So that makes uh, makes total sense. So Leslie, what is your opinion on having a review date for offers? And explain a little bit to my uh, sellers what a review date uh, is. 
So this market, we're, we're seeing some people say that sellers um, are going to review offers upon receipt uh-huh. or the seller will review all offers on a certain date. So that's what a review date is. Okay. Um, initially, as a buyer, that kind of irritates you because <laughs> uh-huh. you're like, oh, so you're just waiting to compile all of these different offers. But um, I really do think that it helps both parties um, feel organized about mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I think a lot of times with the seller reviewing offers upon receipt, Um, buyers feel a little rushed. So to have that time for them to get their ducks in a row and really present your seller with a strong offer, have time to talk to the other agent, Mm -hmm. call me, um, you know, and try to really feel like they understand how they need to structure that offer, um, I think is very helpful. So um, my answer would be uh, it definitely helps the seller feel a little bit more organized and calm so that they can really uh, review all of the offers and make the best decision. Makes sense. So how do you handle presenting uh, the multiple offers to your seller? Because I can (laughs) imagine that could be a little bit overwhelming for them. It is. And I try to uh, take it all on um, so that they don't really feel that pressure, so that they can just show up the time that I ask them to. They walk in and I have all of the offers printed out. Uh Um, I also do a cheat sheet for the top because a seller doesn't want to go through all the pages and pages. I mean, a contract can be 23, 25 pages long, depending on what addendum. Um, even in this kind of market. but So I do a cheat sheet on top, and so I just basically say this is the offer price. Um, do they need to sell a home or not, depending on what price point. When you're over a million, that's not uncommon. Okay. Um, are they using a bridge loan? Are they doing a, a standard conventional loan? So they can look at one page instead kind of, of 25. Yes. Um, and so I just number them, and I kind of put them in order of priority, Okay. Um, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. the first thing your seller is going to ask you is which one do you think I should take. Yes. Um, but it's not my decision. So. Yep. Um, not only is it about price, but it's about terms and when they close and do they want to rent back? Do, I mean, there's all sorts of different things. Yeah. So I just try to organize it in, in piles with a cheat sheet. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Leslie, um, what do you feel is the right and the wrong way to handle those multiple offer situations? Well, I feel like what I just said is the right way because yes. <laughs> your, your goal so is... So what's the biggest mistake <laughs> for right. somebody well, handling those? Well, I think that those. there's a lot of realtors out there and it's really easy to become a realtor, but uh-huh. it's, um, in my opinion, very difficult to stay in real estate because um, with markets that get this volatile, uh, people are pickier. Yes. So if you're, if you're in the trenches every single day and you're learning and you're in class and you're actively advocating for your client, um, mm-hmm. then you have some good advice to give. But there are definitely agents out there that... Um, well, for instance, um, I was on a buyer side and you could tell the listing agent, um, didn't really know how to handle a multiple offer situation uh-huh. and basically advised his client to ignore my escalation clause, um, uh, because he didn't understand it. Wow. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So I think that's why people have started presenting their offers in person. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I think it gets a little messy when you have a seller and you have all these, you know, buyers, agents coming and yep. presenting offers, but, um, I will allow them to present it to me personally okay. so that that realtor feels like they've done what they're supposed to do and that I understand their terms. Um, and and because we're going to have to co-op together. We're all of going course. to closing together. We all need to be there. And we both want our clients to have a good experience. So. Yeah. And you know, that's another reason to have an, uh, an an expert agent that does a lot of business in the local market because they know that it's a team effort. So that has a play in it as well. Um, you definitely don't want to have an agent that has a bad reputation out there because that's going to be, you know, mentioned as not as a negative side of that offer. So there's a lot of a lot of players in this. So, Leslie, do you have any advice for uh, one of my sellers listening right now to help them know how to choose the correct offer? For some reason, they're they, you know, they're they're tied down in this agreement with an agent and they're not really feeling good at the point and it hasn't expired yet and they just want, you know, a, a good tip. What would that be? Well, it kind of um, 
piggybacks on what I already said, but um, just pay attention to all of the terms, not just the mm-hmm. price. Um, like I said, buyers agents are using all sorts of different tactics when presenting offers. Um, and you need to take the time to understand all of the terms. Yes. So last question is we're wrapping it up here in less than a minute. Your main goal when you're working for your seller. I kind of have a motto. It's keep, keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Even though um, you, need, you may need to take some investments in preparing for the market with really good, solid advice, you're going to make more in the long run. Yeah, love it. Leslie, thank you so much. First time having you here. It was such a pleasure, and I can't <laughs> wait you. To, uh, to have you share your... I'll be back. Well, I was going to say, I can't <laughs> wait to have you share your wealth of information with my listeners again. Thank, thank you, you so much, Leslie. And coming up next on the Money Hour, Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, the benefits of having an independent insurance agent right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. like you are overpaying for your insurance? Not sure if your coverages will protect you in the event of an accident? Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance helps families like yours find the right insurance coverage at the best possible price. Mason has helped hundreds save money on their insurance needs while offering a superior level of service. Hi, this is Mason with Pacific Northwest Insurance. To learn more about my practice, call me at 425-828-7877 or reach me online at pnorthwest.com. Again, that's 425-828-7877 or online at pnorthwest.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 2nd show. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and our local economy and how it will affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. Right now in studio, I have Mason Mackey with Pacific Northwest Insurance, and we're going to be discussing the benefits of having an independent insurance agent. Mason, thank you so much for joining me in studio. First time for you as well. Thanks for having me, Tina. Great to be here. And a little bit about Mason. Mason was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and moved into the Seattle area about three years ago. Uh, The opportunity in Seattle is what drew him to the city as well as trying to escape the 100-plus degree weather. I get that. Uh, Mason has been in the insurance industry for nearly five years, assisting people from all walks of life. He specializes in helping his clients identify their insurance needs and provide them with the right coverage to best fit their situation. Mason believes that honest... Transparent communication is the key to providing his clients the smooth, possible experience. He has a passion for helping people and strives to be most useful in everything when it comes insurance. So, Mason, I'm excited to uh, break it down on independent agent, what that means, the importance of homeowner's insurance. And so let's start out with uh, explaining to my listeners, what is an independent agent? 
Sure, that's a great question, Tina. Um, so an independent insurance agent typically represents a, a number of companies, so not just one company when it comes to a direct rider with a lot of companies that you might see on TV or, or anything and advertisements. And and uh, so the benefit of kind of having that is is there's a, a number of different markets that I can represent to, to maybe help people find their, their best fit or, or obviously price is important as well to kind yeah. of locate the best, uh, um, you know, fit for their situation and whatever that is. And, and uh, um, so, yeah, being an independent agent's been uh, uh, great. I, I love the opportunity and kind of ability to work with a, a number of different carriers. Yeah, that sounds like a huge benefit to be able to really shop around for the, the tailored plan that's going to work best for what your client's need is. Now, I talked a little bit about your background coming from uh, hot Arizona here to the uh, Seattle market, but uh, what else? A little bit more about your background, Mason. Sure. So um, I, I grew up in Phoenix. I've, I've, um, I've been in the insurance industry typically my whole life. My dad is, is in the insurance business as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've learned from a, a young age just all the, the different lingo and everything that comes with insurance. And so naturally, I've kind of navigated um, to, to this line of work. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I was with a, a direct writing company prior mm-hmm. to this and, and uh, just really saw the opportunity with representing those, those multiple different companies. And, and uh, so it's really been great kind of going forward for my career and, and um, you know, to just really best, best help people in, in any way that I can when it comes to their insurance. That is, that's great. Great. So let's talk about the factors that form an insurance premium for an individual. Right. And, and that's a great question as well. Many people might not honestly know that. And, uh-huh. and uh, so when it comes to kind of forming an insurance premium for someone, um, there's a number of different factors that go into it, whether it's um, their zip code of where they live, um, their credit score is, yeah. a, is a big factor in the last number of years to, to help with um, premiums, as well as driving histories, important tickets, accidents, claims on their home, anything like that um, goes into it, as well as the length of, of their prior insurance that they've had. And, and uh, so there's kind of a whole whole different um, aspect that goes into an insurance premium, but uh, a lot of those good credit, yes. you know, clean record, no claims, that really helps drive the, the cost down for people looking for a good good price on their insurance. Mason, what about the claim from the house that they're buying? If that, if that owner had claimed on that house, does that affect a new buyer that comes in as well? That does not. So typically a claim follows the person. So whether it. it happened prior, you know, at somewhere they were renting, yeah. a claim happened that would unfortunately follow them to their new home that they're buying. But no, it does not affect someone's house that they might be purchasing okay. from the previous owner. And just so you know, in the mortgage arena, I mean, a lot of times your credit score is just where it needs to be to get that perfect interest rate. And when you're going to shop for uh, homeowner's insurance, you do a soft pull, correct, Mason? Absolutely. So it doesn't affect your credit score at all. So I thought I would uh, chime that in. So Mason, what causes insurance rates to go up for certain companies? Well, that's a great question as well, Tina. I've I, uh, I come. I've got some awesome questions that I you, come up with. You really do. I appreciate <laughs> that. And and uh, so some people kind of wonder a lot of times why after a few years with this company or something, I haven't had any tickets, no claims. What's the reason that my cost is going up for my insurance? And and the reason for that being that um, we've seen a lot of companies in the last number of years have. Uh, um, been on the rise as far as kind of the amount that they're paying out yeah. versus the amount that they're taking in. And, and so obviously when those factors start to um, not offset each other anymore, then, then companies do unfortunately take rate increases. And, and so cost of medical, cost of repairs mm-hmm. for vehicles, homes has really been on the rise in the 2000s. And so we've seen a lot of companies that have lost 
billions of dollars, honestly, yeah. to, to their then unfortunately kind of stuck in that situation where they have to raise the cost of their insurance. And, and so kind of tying back to the independent side, maybe a company, something like that might happen. Well, we've got a number of different options to then, you know, look to maybe help lower that cost with a different company that we offer. Makes sense. And, you know, the understanding the why behind, I mean, that makes total sense. Understand if I had an insurance increase and there wasn't something better out there in another insurance carrier, the fact that the cost have gone up, obviously that has to be passed on to the consumer. Otherwise, we would have no insurance companies being able to stay in business to insure us. So the why makes a lot of sense. What about needing more insurance? Do you have clients that really should be having more insurance than what they have? You bet. And and, uh, a great product for that is an umbrella. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, homeowners, it's a great, I always offer that to any homeowner that I see buying a home. And it kind of essentially gives you some extra liability coverage in increments of a million. Um, And so anybody that owns a home might have some equity or or some assets that they really need to protect their family if they were to get in a bad accident or or you know someone injured on their their property or anything like that wanted to come after them um, the umbrella would help step in with lawsuit costs or, or anything like that sure. uh, um, subrogation anything like that so it's it's a great product that we offer it's honestly ten to twenty dollars a month for an, another million dollars of liability coverage and and I always try to recommend that to anybody that would be especially crazy that someone would not have you know would not have that um, extra coverage for ten to twenty bucks a month absolutely that's crazy so uh, Mason how often do you advise your clients to call you up and kind of get a review of what's happening with their current policy sure I um at least every couple years is, okay. is a great opportunity I mean life changes along yeah. the way and, and families and kids and, and all sorts of things. So um, I always recommend at least every couple years to to kind of go over insurance needs, maybe mm-hmm. assets, things have increased. You just never know. Businesses might have started a, a venture or something like that. And so it's a great opportunity to just kind of review that, yeah. make sure that the customers has some peace of mind knowing that that every couple years their, their insurance is, is well taken care of. Makes sense. So at least a, a couple years and on those life changes. If you're getting married, you're having a baby or, you know, any of those things are happening, it's probably a good indicator to pick up the phone and call your independent insurance agent and make sure you're still with the right company and you've got the best coverage. Sure. Makes total sense. So Mason, what types of business insurance are there? Well, there's um, um, all types, anywhere from, uh, so that's another great opportunity as well as for an independent agent is we represent the personal side of insurance as Mm -hmm. well as the business side. So if anyone has even a small business to, you know, an office building with some personal property inside for desks, computers, anything, um, we have a business owner's package that kind of helps package all that together all Uh the way to skyscrapers or anything in between. And and so that's a, um, um, as well as a home-based business too, there's a lot of companies that we offer where you can endorse kind of a, um, on your home policy, an attachment to it, to where you can, you know, insure your home-based business all as part of your homeowner's policy. So the business side is, is we offer that as well from a wide range of anything um, for, for business owners out there. Yeah. And, you know, my next guest, you and Dennis are going to have to pass business cards because as being um, uh, doing taxes for accounting for businesses <laughs> and insurance, um, just saying there's a lot of networking that happens behind the scenes in a studio fit. right here. Yes. So, uh, Mason, what um, separates you from the rest of the industry? I know that's why you're here 
here in studio because I only bring the best of the best. But share with my listeners. Why are you so unique? Sure. So, um, I mean, you know, you can always pick up the phone and and call a 1-800 number that you see on TV or advertisements or anything. And and so I kind of bring that next level of service that that really kind of custom tailor insurance needs to to people's situation and circumstances in life. And and, uh, so that's kind of one thing I've learned from a young age is just service. friendliness. I mean, yeah. that whole, th- you know, to just always kind of take care of the customer, number one, and then the rest has, has you know, taken care of itself from there. And, and as well as efficiency, too. I mean, being efficient, we just talked about the real estate market and how, you know, go, go, go it can be. And and so the last thing you want to be worried about is insurance and, and how yeah. you're going to get that sorted out or, or have to call and be on hold or something like that. And so that's kind of where I can provide that, that next level of service. And, you know, I'm sure I've, a lot of my listeners, um, they may be thinking that it would be really difficult to change insurance companies. And I have to say, speaking from experience, because as you know, Mason, um, we do a lot of business together. My clients come in and they're getting a mortgage and they all have insurance. Even if they're first time home buyers, they're insuring their car or they have renter's insurance. And I always tell them, you've, you know, you've got to just get your information over to Mason. Let them, let them do a complimentary quote for you so you have something to compare with your current insurance carrier to make sure you've got the best coverage possible. And even though they've been with these insurance companies for years, they're changing over and working with you. So, and they're right in the middle of a closing, meaning we're getting ready to close in less than 30 days. And so there's that sense of urgency as well, which typically people will go with the easiest route when they feel pressure of time. But, so it must be pretty darn easy to change insurance companies, right? Absolutely. And, and like I said before, just that efficiency aspect that I bring to the table to really kind of help people make this as seamless of a process as possible. I know that um, some people might get stressed or worried about the thought or, or idea of kind of switching insurance, but that's where I come in to just make it as easy as possible. And yeah. and, um, and and obviously that's kind of why I have a, a job today, right, is that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I provide that, um, that kind of, you know, middleman to the company to just make this as easy of, of a process for people. Yeah. And I have to say, Mason, just recently, um, one of my clients, and I've never seen this, I've been doing mortgages for over two decades. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a binder come back that was insuring for less than the replacement value of the property based on what the appraisal said that would be. And so we called in a crisis for whatever reason, they decided to stick with their original insurance company and not move over to yours, which is unusual because majority do. Um, But then we had to get that last minute and your insurance company was willing to insure it for replacement value. So can you talk about that? And is that becoming more common now with the fact that people are paying more than the appraised value is or what's happening there? Sure. So, um, I mean, as far as, uh, uh, yeah, people are kind of paying over asking price a lot for homes and mm-hmm. things like that. And, and uh, so loan amounts, you know, can be higher than what they were expecting as far as the cost of the home. And, and so really from the insurance standpoint is, is where we look at the, the value of the home itself. So what would uh-huh. it take if this were to burn down, How you know, how much would it cost the insurance company to replace this in sure. for full value? And, and so, um, I mean, as, as well as a lot of policies that we have have extensions over top of the, the coverage amount that you might have. So in the event something was to burn to the ground, there was nothing left, there's kind of some added coverage in there as well, 25 to 50% over the, the value that we have it insured to just make sure that the, the client can fully rebuild their house, you know, in the event of a total loss. And that's another um, important thing in working with an independent insurance agent, because the idea that two companies had totally two different ideas of replacement value 
and their company would not insure for true replacement value. I mean, that was a big deal. Um, so thanks for uh, coming in and saving on that, Mason. So if I have somebody listening uh, right now and they want, they need to immediately get their insurance, let's say that they've got an issue just like I explained because I'm sure that's happening and they want to immediately change insurance companies, what do they do? Call me. It's as simple <laughs> as that. And so if, if How someone... How do they reach you, Mason? Sure. So if, if someone just gave a, gave me a call, 425-828-7877, um, you can reach me on, on email as well, mason at pnorthwest.com, and I will be on the ball and, and assure you that I will take care of the customer's needs first and foremost and uh, so that they don't have to worry about those crisis situations. And also, you can call the show at one eight five five four hundred eleven fifty, or go online to themoneyhour.com, and I'll definitely connect you with Mason. And Mason, thank you so much for coming in. First time in studio. I'm I'm excited to have you back, and I want to you know extend a, a great thanks again for all of the hand holding and the special attention that you give to my own personal clients. Absolutely, really appreciate Tina. You. It's an honor and a privilege. Thanks for having me. This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy your Saturday and the rest of your weekend. I look forward to talking more money with you next Saturday right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.